The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Move through blocks and fulfill your passion and purpose. This is Stop Stopping Yourself with your host, Vincent Jenna. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. Yes, this is your host, Vincent Jenna, and I am coming to you live from Raleigh, North Carolina, where it has gotten, had been a little crazy here. You know, oh, my goodness. Um, Just before I started, I all, all of a sudden got this overwhelming sense of... Um, Tears um, it just completely choked up just now, uh, just thinking about things. Um, yeah, uh, there's a lot I want to talk about today. I know today um, is also about Pride Month, LBGTQ Pride Month, and um, and that that kind of has a, a a shadowing over it because of all that has been going on. That we need not just LBGTQ Pride Month, but also Black Pride Month and white white has had Pride Month for eternity. We've never had to have a Pride Month. You understand that? Um, we've we've always been um, uh, enabled and 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 uh, um, well, I'm having a hard time right now because of the overwhelming emotions that are going on out there. So excuse me. I'm sure you all are too. That's what I'm feeling. And I think that that's what's coming out in me. Um, you know, we, we have always had a sense of entitlement. I'm a white person. And I never, ever, ever, ever had to worry about um, walking down the streets and, and proving it was okay to be white. Right? And we're still in a place where people have to walk down the street and 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 march together and prove that it's okay to be um, gay or lesbian or transgender or queer or black or or, or even a woman, you know. Um, it's crazy. We're 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 eleven thousand years old as a a uh, being humanity 2000 years old based on or over 2000 years old based on a a a newer higher christ ideology being and we still don't get it so much is going on out there and i do want to 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 talk about it i do want to refer to it because i think it's really important it's it's um it seems to be very appropriate to be focusing our thoughts on people on individuals today and 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 it's scary it's scary as to what has happened out there and with these protests and marches and i just heard something that that kind of disturbed me and i'm not going to say where i just heard it from but it was a slight bashing of the new thought understanding and and I want to address it and we as humans tend to misinterpret a lot of stuff since since the beginning of time and anything that has been written that is good we have to remember that we filter it through our own eyeglasses 
and our eyeglasses are developed based on our individual lives and what we've been through personally. So even with good material or, or current material like New Thought material, we can still misinterpret that. And what was brought about that I had heard is that is the grievous belief that we are 100% in control of our own lives and that there is no such thing as victimization. Now, we've got to understand these concepts because then you would look at somebody like George Floyd, and this is the whole reason why it was brought up, that somebody like George Floyd, um, he attracted somehow, you know, that the new thought idea is that he attracted and manifest his own personal killing. Okay, let's let's touch upon this in a couple of different ways, all right? Do we really want to believe that that we're capable of doing that to ourselves? If there's no such thing as victimization, obviously, obviously, then we have to believe that uh, it's everything is our fault. And I, and I can't stand that word fault. Um, there is so much going on under you know, behind the scenes in this world, behind the scenes, and what I mean is in different dimensions, different understanding. If we understand that we are spiritual energy beings having a physical experience, then we have to understand that that energy that we don't see with our human eyes, we know internally, we've been in touch with it now through our teachings, but there are so many other things going on. For example, what the soul is choosing. And there's so many things that we have forgotten, even as we're teaching new age concepts, new thought concepts, unity concepts, center for spiritual living, science of mind concepts. There is so much we have still forgotten that, that we're trying to gain hold of. And we're not getting all the information at one time to truly understand. So yes, can the soul have plans? Yes, the souls can have plans. We don't know what those plans are. I don't know what George Floyd's plan was. All we have is what we see. And that's the reason why we're here in this, in this worldly, earthly experience, is to go by what we see. Because that's what's going to help us in our growth. Now, whether George Floyd or anybody else's souls have chosen whatever they chose for themselves, that is not the point. It's not the point. It is not what matters. What matters is what we do with what we see. So when we see an injustice occurring, Somebody being hurt, abused, tormented, right in front of us. Are we to then say, well, well, that's, you know, his soul's choice. He's not a victim. He manifested that in some way. That was the early understanding that actually was some of the, the Indian, Eastern Indian philosophy, the caste system. The caste system, go back and study history so that you can understand where some of these concepts were going. The caste system belief was whatever you were born to was your karma. Whatever you were born to was your karma. So if you were born into wealth, that's what you were meant to experience this lifetime, so so be it. 
If you were born into poverty, that's what you were meant to experience this lifetime, so be it. They never ever discussed what the rest of us were supposed to do to help you change that situation. They never discussed that. There'd be two of them walking down the streets and there'd be a person drowning in the river or the lake. And they would say, oh, too bad, that's that person's karma. Never once did they think that it was their karma, having seen what was going on, to jump into the lake to try to save that person. They did not believe that. That's why there's misunderstandings. They did not believe that if they were standing there watching a police officer totally abuse and murder a person that they're not supposed to be standing there and watching that they're supposed to jump into action and do something. It's the responses we make. It's the responses from what we see. When we see a gay person being abused, we're supposed to step in right by that gay person and help that gay person. Because that's what we're seeing. That's the injustice. It has nothing to do with whether you're a victim or not. It has nothing to do with whether you are manifesting that or not. Oh, that gay person manifested the abuse. That's not what matters. It's, it's our underpinning. It's our understanding beneath the surface to rise to a higher level. When you do know that there is a reason for everything that's happening and that you contribute to that, they don't want to believe that we have 100% control. Of course, we have 100% control. But do we have 100% control in the current condition that we are in right now? And the answer to that is no. Are we supposed to be growing to that? Yes. And when we reach the 100% ability to control our lives, we will no longer come to this earth. But are we supposed to be striving for that? So then don't teach it. Don't teach that you have the capacity to control your life 100%. No, you have to teach it. You have to teach who we are. You have to teach that we are divine beings. And as divine beings, we are unlimited. We are all capable of being Jesus. But did Jesus say we are capable of being him right now? No, he didn't say that. He said that he needed to give an example and remind us of who we could be. So we strive for that. Yes, we strive for that. We strive for that. But we recognize when we, we recognize your weaknesses, it's okay. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, you know, I don't know. I teach this. I've been doing this for 37 years. I've been developing a faith, a belief. I've been walking my talk as best I can. If I was diagnosed with cancer today, I still have no idea if I would be able to reverse it, if I'm strong enough to reverse it. The only way I would know that is if I was going through it. And even then, am I supposed to feel like a failure if I couldn't? No, it's good to know that we can reverse it. We have to teach that we can so that we don't get caught up in the poor me or the victimization mentality of that everything is happening to me. We don't want that mentality. So we have to be taught our greatest place that we can be in order to strive for something. But it doesn't mean we're all there yet. 
And, and the proof of that is just look around us. Look around. You see, a lot of people get angry with me when I point out negative and I say, oh, if we keep this up, we're going to hell in a handbasket. They don't like to hear that. But that is the reality of things, okay, people? If we don't make some big changes, big changes, not little changes, big changes, especially on the other side of all of this that's going on right now, we need to make big changes. There's nothing wrong with understanding that concept. Are we moving in that direction? We are, but I think we're moving slow. I don't think we're moving fast enough. I truly don't, because one crisis is coming after another crisis. This George Floyd thing came right in the middle of the coronavirus thing. We didn't even get through one thing and get over that before we stepped into some other crisis. Those are signs. Those are signals that we need to work harder. And this is what I mean. This is, what, this is how you work harder. Because all of this we're going to be talking about, I know today was I wanted to talk about the fallacies of our sexuality. Well, it's a fallacies of our self-definition to start with. Everything that is occurring, all of this, this anger again that's coming out is, is all self-denigration being deflected onto others. Self-denigration, self-loathing, self-hatred, it's being deflected on to others and we're taking it out on others <clears throat> everything that happens externally is because of what's going on internally i want everybody to examine okay i want everybody to be truthful to themselves today i want everybody to be truthful to themselves today you know we we talk about we're looking at the 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 protests and how they turned into riots and we're looking at all the the black people that are smashing the windows and setting fires to things yeah okay all right so that's not good no it's not but let's not forget what the white folk have done that has been heinous there hasn't been a black kid that has taken a gun into a school and has shot up a bunch of his peers there hasn't been a black man who would take a gun and go to a Las Vegas hotel and shoot a whole bunch of people in a concert. There hasn't been a black man who walked into a movie theater with a gun and shot or a mall or anything like that. It's been all white folk. So we're not perfect. And we have to remember that. And, and the reason why I bring that up is to understand why, why blacks, there's, there's still institutionalized discrimination. What you have seen come to the surface every time, and remember what I said, I've been talking about what the coronavirus has done. It is bringing to the surface all the deep-seated garbage that we have had hidden within us all. And now you're seeing it. The amount of prejudice that is out there is still unbelievable. We are not at a point that we should be patting ourselves on the back because we've come so far. And, and here's the proof of it. I want you to examine this. I want you, I do this to myself all the time because I need to check my own prejudice. And it doesn't make a difference, be it black, be it gays, be it anybody else, okay? Here's what I want you to do. If you were walking down the street by yourself, by yourself, Daylight, I won't even say nighttime. Daylight, broad daylight. And you saw a group of black boys walking towards you. How would you feel? What do you think your initial response would be? And do not lie to yourselves. 
Do not turn around unless you're truly, truly non-biased, non-prejudiced, don't see color, okay? Truly would not get the hairs on your back of your neck standing up wondering, oh, maybe I should cross the street. A little fearful, not knowing what the response might be. You're alone, male or female, I don't care. Up the, up the stakes a little bit. Now do the same thing. You're walking down the street and a bunch of black kids are walking towards you and it's nighttime. How would you feel? How do you feel if you were at a party and there was mostly blacks there and you were maybe only one or two whites? How would that make you feel? How do you feel? Those are the things you need to examine because I'm telling you, that unless you were raised in an area that was totally integrated and you went to school with an equal mixture, my children, my children went to school, we moved them quickly, and, and I'm so grateful for that because they grew up not knowing, that obviously they saw the difference in color, but they were with Asians, with blacks, with Muslims, with Jews, with whites, with all races where where we lived. And so they were very accepting. It wasn't even a thought, you know? Um, my son is, is great friends with his next door neighbors in, in Apex over here, who happen to be a black family. His children are beautiful. And, and the kids play together all the time. They're loving, they're so used to it. Unless you grow up in that circumstance and the majority of the rest of us did not, it stands out when, when you come across a black person. Or, or, yeah, let's go one better than that. Let's go different, let's go, light, let's lighten up. How do you feel, and I'm talking to my straight folk out there, not the gay people or lesbians. I'm talking to my straight people right now. Where you're someplace and you happen to see two guys holding hands and kissing. Two ladies sucking face. How does it make you feel instantaneously? What is your immediate response and reaction? And don't just sit there and say it makes you go, oh, I don't know, I don't notice, I just look at two people. You know, that's when we lie to ourselves. I was in the School of Social Work, and I told this story once before, and we're there in the School of Social Work, and we had an exercise, the class had an exercise. They were passing around a black and white picture because we were teaching diversity. And, and it, in the black and white picture, it was obvious that there was a black mother sitting at a kitchen table. The house was disheveled. There was a mess. There was a whole bunch of dishes in the sink. The walls were cracked, right? There was cobwebs on the window. There were two children. One child was a little bit older sitting at the table, looking like she was either drawing or doing some homework. And there was an infant on the floor crawling towards an ironing board. And there was an, an, an iron there with the cord hanging. There was a coat rack and it was like a lab coat there or what looked to appear to be something male. And the woman had curlers in her hair and she was on the phone, heavily engaged, and she had a big smile on her face while she was on the phone. Okay. 
So this picture was being passed around. And the question was, what is the first thing you notice? Well, I was never more flabbergasted as being in an entire room of liars. Now, they didn't know purposely that they were lying, but they were lying to themselves because we were getting answers like, oh, look at the big smile on the woman's face. She must be happy. That's the first thing I noticed. Oh, look at the little girl doing homework. Oh, she is really studious. That's what I notice. Oh, look at the lab coat. Oh, the mother must have a good job or be married to a very good, successful man. And I'm sitting there. The picture comes to me and I'm looking at the rest of them. And I'm going, are you full of crap? The first thing I notice is that it's a black woman because it was the only thing in the picture colored black. Everything else was white. How could you not notice that it's a black woman? You're noticing her smile. That's the first thing you notice about this place. The second thing I notice is that the place is in a shambles. I've got to be able to understand who the people are that I'm going to be working with. It doesn't mean that I judge that black woman sitting in that disheveled place. But as a social worker, that could be a signal to me that maybe this woman may, might need some help. But I'll ask her. I'll find out how she has things going. There's a little infant walking towards an ironing board with a cord hanging down, and that's pretty dangerous. And if I'm going to ignore that stuff, I'm being blind and I can't serve and help anybody. But they wanted to look good. And this is what I'm talking about. We want to feel good because we know prejudice is bad. We know it's bad. We know it's wrong by now. We do know that. But we don't know if we got it out of us. We don't know that. The only way to know you have gotten prejudice completely out of your system is when you notice the difference, but you have no response to the difference. No negative response. So if you see a group of Muslims that are fully clothed and the women are totally covered, and you can say hello to them, oh, wonderful, and you can sit next to them, but you don't notice any part of you on the inside cringing or, or feeling odd or feeling judgmental in any way. Or you're walking down the street and there's a group of black people, or you're at a party, or you're at a business and there's a lot of blacks around, and you don't respond negatively, but you notice that they're black. Yeah, why wouldn't you notice unless you're blind? We're supposed to be able to see the beauty and the colors of the world. So seeing that they're black, don't turn around and say, oh, I didn't notice that they're black because now you're full of shit. Excuse me, unity. But not responding negatively to them. If you see some guys kissing and sucking face and your response is, oh, they're in love. Great. But if you go, ooh. Oh, I'm still not used to that. Then know you've got work to do. And there's nothing wrong with knowing you've got work to do. I'm not judging you. Don't you judge you. But we've got to get rid of this prejudice. 
because I notice it. You know, all these people on whether you see on Facebook, on all social media, all the ones that are proclaiming to be great. What are they doing? They're making all the comments about the blacks that are rioting, the blacks that are are looting, the blacks that are doing this. You know, there's some whites in there, too. Nobody turned around and, and the, the, there were a few people who turned around and talked about the, the whites protesting the opening of the state that were walking around with machine guns. I didn't see a lot of black folk doing that either, you know, with the AKAs walking into Starbucks with their machine guns, big boys with their big machine guns trying to prove something, walking into the stores. That would scare the crap out of me way before any group of black people would. How do you respond to that? So yes. So do we still need Pride Month? Here's funny story. This is how I know I'm 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 growing, really, truly. And I don't mind tooting my horn. I am growing. Is my wife and I went to a Melissa Etheridge concert, and we took our daughter. She was 15 at the time. And this was back in New Jersey at one of those outdoor amphitheaters. Oh, actually, no, it was over here. It was at Walnut Creek in North Carolina. Okay, it was when we moved here. And we went to Melissa Etheridge. And we, we like Melissa Etheridge music. We didn't know anything much about Melissa Etheridge. And we're sitting, you know, we had seats further back so we can get a good view of, of everybody that was sitting in in front of us and in the, in the grass spaces because they have that type of, of theater here. And um, my daughter turns around and says, you know, leans over and says, um, hey, mom and dad, do you notice anything? And we were like, um, well, yeah, there's a, you know, a couple of people were definitely making out before the concert. You know, they're making out. <laughs> there's really kissing over here. There's kissing over here. There's kissing over here. And, you know, we're with our 15 year old daughter. Well, we're coming across our commercial break. I'm going to finish this story on the other side of the commercial break. So stay with me. It gets better. I'm not going to be yelling at all of you the entire time, but I'm, I'm, I'm feeling better now that I got that off my chest. So join me back here in the Stop Stopping Yourself show so we can talk more about this and the fallacies of human sexuality, okay? Come on back, and I'll see you in just a moment. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Stop Stopping Yourself with Vincent Jenna. Welcome back. Yes, this is Vincent Jenna. And if you're just joining me, we've had, I've had some heated discussion I like having heated discussion when nobody else is arguing with me because then I don't have to waste my time defending my thoughts. I can just speak what I want. I, I, I think that's why I love having a radio show that I can host. I get to say anything I friggin' want within the limits 
of the unity guidelines here and nobody can argue with me until after the fact if you want to argue with me that's okay too you can always write come to my website come to my facebook page and and um that's vincent jenna msw and make comments you know if you don't agree with me call in here and make comments it, it's it's very appreciated i love it i love the ability to be able to do that of course i love speaking um so i just want to finish up my story and then get back to clarify something uh, that was on the other side of the commercial um so here my wife and my daughter and i are at a melissa etheridge concert and it's wonderful. And my daughter happens to notice that there are a ton of people around us, all around us, and they're, they're holding hands and they're making out and stuff like that. But with further examination, the majority of people that were around us and at the concert happened to be lesbian. And the reason why they happen to be lesbian is apparently Melissa Etheridge is very popular with a lesbian population. Her music, and I, I guess it was because Melissa Etheridge is, is lesbian herself. And it was interesting because even during, even during intermission and we going out to get some drinks, there was a woman that my wife knew from old work, an old friend that came up and, and was shocked to see Eileen there and said, and she said, oh, I didn't know you were into this kind of thing. <laughs> like, well, no, I mean, my wife is, she's not a lesbian, but we, it doesn't mean we can't enjoy, you know, Melissa's music. But, the, but what we loved, my wife and I looked at each other, and of course, my 15-year-old daughter, whose hormones are raging, is going to be paying attention to people making out and also noticing that, yeah, they were lesbians, but she didn't have, she wasn't, didn't feel bad about it. Um, but my wife and I looked at each other and said, we we didn't even know we saw them kissing we saw the couples first it didn't bother us that they were kissing it wasn't like they were having sex in front of my 15 year old daughter and us and but we didn't notice that they were all women it was like it was no big deal it was okay oh and then we saw oh yeah girls here okay oh wow all right and and so that made me feel really good to notice that it didn't bother me I was unconsciously um, not bothered by it. Otherwise, there would have been a disturbance of some kind within me. I didn't feel it odd. I felt, oh, it was cool. Wow, you know, and, and they were all ages, which was spectacular. There was a, a right in front of us was an 80-year-old couple. I, oh, my God, I loved it that, that they felt that comfortable. I mean, 80-year-old people... In, in our day and age means that they they started during such a difficult time in their in in history you know to allow themselves to come out and be who they are you know at 80 years old and allowing that that would that would have been so frowned upon so so condemned and and they still were able to 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 share their love like that and it was a beautiful thing. It really was. And and with just, just goes to show you my naivety in music. Um, but we still enjoyed the concert. It was great. She did a great concert. And everybody was very supportive and loving and fabulous. And we had a great time. Now, yes, and there were a lot that had similar haircuts there. And I actually wanted to go up to a few and find out where they had their haircut because I loved it. I wanted some of their styles, but but those are the situations that how are you responding? How are you responding when you find yourself in the midst of 
And that's how you know your level of prejudice. Is it there? Is the bigotry there? It, it can be built in without you even knowing it. And, and that's what you want to examine. And it could even be something like if you have a female boss and she tells you, and you're male, let's say just a male, and a female boss is giving you instructions, how does that make you feel? You must examine your feelings. If it doesn't bother you that she's male or female, fine. But do, do, you, do you get a little upset you have a female telling you what to do? Whatever. Those, that's what you have to do. You have to examine your feelings and assess yourself constantly. And I want to go back to um, what I was saying earlier about the new thought, unity philosophy, science of mind philosophy, and the understanding of, of the soul's purpose. Now, again, when we're, when we're teaching a philosophy, all philosophies are taught not for you to now etch in stone and follow literally. They are foundations. They are foundations from you to build off of. They are reminders of who you are so you can now construct your life in a better way, in a better manner, with a stronger foundation. And so the philosophy of there is no victimization and there is no, there, there is no, well, that we are 100% in control of everything. Again, the four degrees, the four levels of spiritual consciousness are to me. That's when we first come down and we have the attitude of victimization, that everything is happening to me. We're going to experience that. In the beginning, we did. And there's still people who experience that today. The next level of spiritual awareness. And Michael Beckwith, I'm sure you've heard this before from many spiritual leaders and teachers. I know Michael Beckwith teaches this. I know it's in the, the um, Science of Mind Foundation course. The next level of consciousness is for me, that everything is happening for me with that understanding. So it's a little bit better than the idea that things are happening to me. You move from the, the victimization mentality to the, okay, this is happening for me so that I can grow, so I can learn. The next level of understanding includes you more in the process. It's through me. So now the universe, spirit, your soul are not doing things for you. They're now doing things through you. You are the catalyst. You are, um, you, you are an experience for God, an individualized expression for God, for spirit. That's one of the things that is taught in the mission, right? And so things happen through you. And then supposedly the highest level of spiritual understanding is as me. That the reason why everything is happening is because it's you. It's me. 
Like I said earlier, this virus is us. It's not happening to us. It's not happening for us. It's not happening through us. It is us. With that higher understanding, then, you gain more control over your life. It's then that you gain the 100% control. When you recognize that everything is us, injustice is us, murder is us, Righteousness is us standing up for human values and all values. That's us. That's not for us, to us, through us. It is us. Whatever occurs on this planet is occurring because it is us. It's our state of being. It's our state of mind. It's our state of presence. And with that understanding, we then can gain full control of our lives. But are we at that place now? No, of course not. But the way we get to that place is by, like I said, responding and paying attention to what we are seeing. Don't worry about what's going on behind the scenes. Don't worry about what the soul choices are. You do that in your classes. You do that at home. You do that during your meditation. But when you go out into the world, you act according to what you are seeing and the way you know it can be. What you see in the world today is it's, it's an illusion as far as it's not real because when we get back to the other side, we'll see this entire thing was a hologram, but it is real based on what you're seeing in that moment, in that time and space, and you're supposed to respond to it. So if you see something good, you enhance it, you bring it out. You experience the joy of the day, the beauty of the day, a beautiful day outside. You enjoy the beauty of that day. Right? You're seeing your neighbors, your friends, a lover. You enjoy the beauty of that. Something sad is going on. You share in the experience of that. Something bad is going on. You do what you can to help that. A neighbor is sick. A neighbor needs help. You don't sit there and go, well, that's the soul's choice. You don't worry about, well, he's going to be learning a lot from that. You just respond and you respond from where you are mentally and your belief systems. That's why you develop your belief systems greater so you can respond a higher response, a better response, a stepping in response when you need to, a stepping back response when you need to. Don't ignore what you're seeing. Don't call it something it's not. Call it what it is. That's the reason why I point out what's going on in the world today. We need to get beyond pride anything. We're all proud beings. We're proud to be alive. We're proud to be children of a higher source. That is where our pride focus should be. Not just proud, have to be proud. Now, don't get me wrong on that, too. I don't want a whole bunch of emails saying we need to have Pride Month. Of course, I understand that because what we're trying to do is get everybody to have the respect that they're supposed to have. 
but in in the whole idea is we are needing it and we shouldn't be needing that we should be celebrating it we celebrate the fourth of july we celebrate christmas we celebrate mother's day we celebrate father's day we celebrate heterosexual day we celebrate gay day we celebrate lesbian day we celebrate everything should be a celebration we celebrate black day we have to have a martin luther king jr you know, day and celebration, Black Month, History Black Month. Yes, absolutely. Because of the pride and the joy of what this, this each individual and each group has contributed to life here. And yes, there were fallacies. Let me touch upon that real quick. Let's go into that. Okay. All right. Since the beginning of time, since man made, we made physical bodies, not God, we made the physical bodies in order to live in a physical world. God made the souls. We made everything else. We made the bodies. And the moment we made the bodies and sexuality in order to procreate, but we also created the orgasm. Boy, at, at, at this point, that's actually been a big mistake because it's the orgasm that has caused all this problem. If you really think about it. Right. It's who do you prefer to have an orgasm with? Or not prefer your orientation, your orientation to have an orgasm with. That's what has actually caused this. But OK, so we were having orgasms. We enjoyed it. It was a feeling we, we, we were just having it with everybody. But then what happened? This is what happened, and this is the reason why we wound up setting down these moral values and rules. After a while, when we were just having sex with anybody, we, would, we were going to war over having sex with somebody. We were going, we were killing people if, if you had sex with the person I like to have sex with. All right. Then we, we went into marriage and we put couples together. The moment we put couples together and it was only couples and monogamy and marriage, then that caused major problems. A lot of these things are unnatural, by the way. We made it natural because we were trying to learn and grow and remember who we were the moment we started separating from source. Truly. If you really think about it, the orgasm is a beautiful thing. Why wouldn't you want to be able to share that with anyone you loved? Not just one person you loved. That made it really difficult. That to me was an abnormal, not a normal, an abnormal standard that we created. But so be it, we created it, okay? And it's caused a lot of problems. Well, that orgasm, that feeling wound up causing us to kill people. The moment we started doing that, we were going against our spiritual values. And the moment we go against our spiritual values, that is, is destructive. It's destructive to our growth as souls. It's not the act that is destructive. Not yet, anyway but it's the feeling it creates that is destructive. So we started to set boundaries on that. But back in the old days, boy, there were no boundaries. Now, the other problem was not only did man deviate from the, the, the 
why they were having orgasms out of love or affection for whomever, it didn't matter. They were having orgasms with each other. Then they started going off the deep end. Now it became orgasms with children and animals. You've got to know history. Do you know how much bestiality there was back then? It was crazy. Now, once they started having sex with, with the animals, diseases started coming around. But diseases didn't happen at first. It was natural. It was clean. But then it became an abomination. That's what it became, an abomination. We were hurting ourselves. People were dying of diseases, venereal diseases, all types of STDs. Right. And then and, and so now there was lack of boundaries and the concept of Sodom and Gomorrah wasn't just based on everybody having sex with everybody. It was also everybody killing everybody because of it, having sex with be Oh, there was no morality at all. And we were destroying ourselves because we were hurting each other. It wasn't God destroying us. It was us destroying us. That was the warning, kind of what we're doing now. All right. So, so now religion started to form and Judaism is forming. And even before there was anything mentioned in the Bible about gay relationships, there was still people having sex with each other. It didn't matter. It was natural. Orgasms are natural. They feel good for goodness sakes. One day, Solomon is bringing a princess to his son. That's what they did back then from different lands in order to maintain relationships. They would marry their children. The kings of each nation would marry their children together to guarantee a relationship. So here's Solomon bringing his son, a princess, and walks right into his bedchamber unannounced, not, not even knocking at the door. And Solomon is having fun with another guy. His, I mean, his son is having fun with another guy. And it embarrassed the hell out of Solomon. See, you've got to study history before you start believing all the things that they teach you from the Bible and why it was written in the Bible. So Solomon had a scribe now enter in Deuteronomy. Well, it was divided up Deuteronomy, Leviticus, that no man, M-A-N, and I say that purposefully, man, not mankind. No man shall lie with another man. It's an abomination because he was embarrassed. However, there was never, ever anything written in the Bible about a woman not being able to lie with another woman. You know why? Because men are turned on by women lying with other women. They are not turned on by men lying with men. If, if their orientation is is opposite sex men don't like seeing guys with guys but they absolutely love many of them i'm not going to say all of them love seeing women with other women that is the reason why men had harems and many women solomon himself had concubines he had many different women sleeping together with him him getting off while they were together, but he didn't like men because his, his son embarrassed him. Okay. And, and you can see that you can read that yourself in Deuteronomy, just the same as you can read in Deuteronomy that, that um, man 
a husband is allowed to stone his wife to death if he finds out that she wasn't a virgin when he married her. But a, a, a wife is not, cannot, does not have the same right to stone her husband to death because he was never a virgin. It was okay for a man. Man wrote the Bible, remember that. Men, M-E-N, men, 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 men. Um, and yet one of the greatest apostles and disciples was Mary Magdalene, but that was removed. So now time comes on. So that's where it says, and, and a distinguished man, never saying woman, during that time period, they spoke of women, they spoke of men in the Bible. Okay, now, now it's the time of Jesus. And after Jesus left and all the gospels were written, and the tenets of Christianity were written by Paul, by the way, Paul, who was Saul, who met Jesus on the path to Damascus, who was changed from the tormentor of the Christians and the apostles, and, and he was going after them to kill them all. He turned from Saul to Paul, and then Paul decided to write the tenets of the Bible. Now, Paul was a Jewish man from that time period who was experiencing all the sex that was going on all around him. Now, you've got to understand anything about sexual deviance, about feminism, about man lying with man and all that abomination, Paul did not like people having sex, period. And he wrote in the Corinthians, in the letters to the Corinthians, one line, one line about it, because he knew everybody was getting so involved in, in, in life and in the mundane part of life and the physicality part of life, that if you wanted to be a Christian, if you wanted to teach Christianity, if you wanted to follow Christian tenets, this is what you had to do. And so what he did is he removed sex from Christian life. The only time you can have it is during procreation. Literally, that's what he said. Not even enjoying, not just between a man and a wife, but only between a man and a wife in order to have children. That's why so many Christians do not follow contraception. Because the tenets of Christianity said, no, sex is for procreation to bring. Why was sex for procreation? Because you needed to bring in people to honor God and Jesus. So even Hasidic Jews started believing in that. And, and from the early tenets and the early understandings and beliefs, and they can have sex between a sheet. Some Hasidic Jews will cut a hole in a sheet and have sexual relations with their spouses through the sheet only to have a baby and then sleep in separate beds after that. If you want to know more about that, there's an incredible series on called Unorthodox. It's on Netflix and it's about Hasidic life in New York City and what one girl went through. It's a true story. Go watch it. It's amazing. It's what they believed in. So that wasn't based on normal beliefs. It wasn't based on spiritual beliefs. It was based on a man 
who didn't think sex was good to start with. And that he 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 labeled everything as, as what was an abomination. Yes, I totally understand right now. Yes, adultery hurts people. And so, yes, what did I say? Moral values are created from what's going to keep us from hurting ourselves. Because when we hurt ourselves, we cannot grow. So these values were created over those reasons, but they are archaic, they're ancient, and there are people capable of loving that are gay, that are lesbian, that are bisexual, that are queer, that are transgender. It doesn't make a difference that are black, that are women. We are capable of loving. Now, can each of those divisions also go off wrong? Absolutely. Absolutely, unfortunately. I mean, you got you got heterosexuals having affairs all over the place, so that's not good. And then you've got gay guys going to bathhouses and having sex all over the place, spreading diseases. That's not good. But that's not what we're talking about, right? Every single creed and sect of people on this planet can make mistakes. That has nothing to do with their orientation. It has to do with who they are. And we've come to the end of my show. Join me next week. I'm going to continue. We're going to talk more about this in LBGTQ Pride Month. And let's add that to Black Pride with it as well. We are all God's people and children. Let's learn to love each other. Assess your heart, people. Clean out what you don't like. Enhance what you do. Stay and listen to the rest of the shows. We've got some wonderful shows coming up for you today. This is Vincent Jenna from the Stop Stopping Yourself show. God bless you all. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay peaceful. I love you all. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.